Hello and welcome back again to the Football Index podcast. Thank you very much, everyone, for your French football and League One related questions, because today I have Peter Rutzler, who is a Get French Football panellist. If you haven't followed Get French Football, then I really do recommend you do so. But uh, for now, Peter, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, um, I'm Peter. Uh, I'm a regular panellist on the GFN uh, FN show. Uh, I've been writing for Get French Football now for uh, nearly well, nearly a year, under a year, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, to have an unusual interest in, in Liga. I'm not French myself, uh, which you would imagine would be the reason for being interested in it. I mean, it'd be, of all the leagues to choose in Europe, it's, it's certainly an odd one. But um, it sort of stemmed from BT Sport highlights, really, on my, on my iPad. Well, I was actually going to ask you how you actually got into League One and French football because I, I thought you might be slightly French yourself. Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, I did French A-level, so I do have some grounding in French. Um, but in terms of my actual background, no, not at all. I think my, my surname is, is from Alsace, so there's some kind of connection there. But I personally, there's no direct French link. To be um, fair, mate, if I was you, I'd be telling people I'm about quarter French. Yeah, well, I could say anything I like. Really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, so so talk to us a bit about Football Index and how you how you heard of of the platform because I mean, even since I've started this podcast, it's it's grown so dramatically just because of the massive marketing push oh, they've yeah. had. So, talk to us about how you heard about it and what what got you interested in this kind of space as well. Yeah, well, Football Index is it's quite weird actually being on a on a, on a pod about Football Index because. I first made my account when it was in the really, really early stage stages, uh, when I was at university. Um, it was me and a, a mate from the, the university football setup. He actually found it and recommended I set up an account. Um, and, you know, th- these were back in the days where you'd have a player get promoted into uh, the top 200 uh, on a Friday morning. So it was all about like, racing to Friday morning, nine o'clock, when the players would go in to, to invest and watch the price rocket, and then it would full strip back down again. Um, so that, <laughs> that was the very early stages. Um, yeah, that that was uh, that was a good time, and and sometimes a bad time if you got on the wrong end of it. Yeah. To be fair, well, it depended on your internet connection, didn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that was my first sort of uh, way into to football index. I sort of drifted away from it. Um, my mate's gone really heavy into it, really really involved. Um, but I, I mainly through time really is is, is uh, taken that that interest away. But I still have my uh, a number of futures. Um, I had a few messy ones, and his price. I see. I was at the start of the season thinking, because I saw about, I saw the marketing push, and I was quite glad I kept them because his price rocketed. <laughs> and then I decided, well, okay, well, I'll, I'll take a few out and invest them, and maybe Marco Asensio, because I saw him at the start of the season thinking, do you know what? I could have a really good season this year, and it just hasn't happened. And I'm regretting so much taking away my, the, the messy futures. But I'm by no means. A yeah, I mean, he's for, he's had a massive, massive rise, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't call myself a, a regular football index guy. I'm familiar with it. Um, I, I feel like I maybe should get back involved in investing because, uh, with, obviously, with a bit of French knowledge, that, that does help. So, yeah, for sure, and, and so much, so much French talent, which we are actually going to go on and um, discuss, aren't we? Going to try and keep the introductions short. And sorry, everyone, by the way, for um, last week's audio on the podcast. I don't know what happened. My mic bugged out a bit and uh yeah but it was it was still good content with the um who got the ss guys but anyway peter i think we should crack on with these questions otherwise mm-hmm. we are going to be here all night long uh should i should i give you the first one yeah yeah far away far away 
So the first question, and sorry, I haven't written down who's actually asked these questions. So if you hear your question, then good for you. You've got a, you've got a, <laughs> you know, a very knowledgeable person answering it for you. So how would Jean Seri suit the Premier League? Is the first question. Yeah, Jean Seri. Um, he's, it's um, he's been a strange one. It, it's quite interesting because conversation about Seri has pretty much fallen off a cliff in a way. Um, over the summer, uh, he was one of the most coveted players in Europe, really. Uh, he had a fantastic season with Nice. Uh, Lucien Favre's side managed to uh, pull off a quite unexpected title challenge. Um, they finished third in the end. Uh, Monaco obviously went running away with it a little bit. But um, John Serre was at the heart of it. Uh, a midfield engine, um, a player linked with, with Manchester City, um, I think Barcelona as well uh, and it was that Barcelona link that I think has really defined his season um, he has not performed as well as many would have hoped um, mainly off the back of a, a transfer rumor um, to Barcelona that, and, and transfer link that just didn't happen yeah, I think there was a lot of talk of him going to Barcelona, actually. At one point, I thought it was it was most definitely going to happen, but he seemed to stay put. And is there is there a bit of a misconception about the type of player he actually is? Because I've seen him linked to Arsenal, the, the club that I support quite a lot. And obviously, we've always been des in desperate need for a, for a holding midfielder, more so now than ever, because Francis Coquelin has just jumped, jumped to ship. But Jean Serri isn't really that kind of player, is he? He's, he's more attacking, if anything. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't call himself a holding midfielder and he would certainly would not solve that perennial issue of a holding midfielder at Arsenal. Um, yeah, his style of play is, you've definitely got that the running aspect. Um, I think the, the more crass comparisons have been made to N'Golo Kante and they're completely inaccurate. I mean, he yeah. does have that, that aspect to him and he, does, he, is, he is excellent at ball recovery. Um, but it's his, his ability on the ball that... Uh, that marks him out. Um, that's why he was linked to Barcelona. His 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 range of pass from short to long range. He's a midfield driver. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd probably more compare him to to Naby Keita if anyone in in, in central yeah, midfield. Absolutely, absolutely. Naby Keita is is the the one that many compare him to. I think Keita is is a very individual sort of talent, and what makes him so different is his his dribbling ability. And, and there is aspects to that in in Serie's game. I think probably in the Champions League qualifier against Ajax. Uh, where he ran both legs and it was that dribbling uh, this ability to take the ball from midfield to attack not only through passing but his, his technical ability is what well marks him out uh, what's yeah. happened though is his his form hasn't uh, been maintained and i think that's definitely a lot to do with those transfers that didn't didn't come off i mean we see that so often nowadays in football someone gets linked to uh, to another team and they just don't don't perform as well I mean, as an Arsenal fan, we're looking at Alexis Sanchez this season and, you know, he, he just hasn't played as well uh, just because his future is, is probably away from the club. But um, sh should we move on to the next one? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just make sure I answer the question because I realise I just waffled on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did actually. Yeah, go on. Um, would he suit the Premier League? Uh, yeah, definitely at some point. I think when he's at his best, he's a fantastic player. Um, if you're looking at, at clubs... Um, we mentioned Naby Keita, and that's why I don't think he would suit Liverpool because they, they kind of have that player already. Um, you're an Arsenal fan, but I think Arsenal would be actually a good fit. I don't think he'd solve the, the defensive aspect no. issues. Um, I think you need a, a more, a, a more uh, specialised uh, player for that sort of role. 
Um, the only issue you would have, obviously at the moment it's form, but you know, I, I, I think he can recover it and Nice have shown signs and the, the way they played the other night against um, uh, against Monaco, it was John Serri running the game in the, in the Coupe de la Ligue. So there are signs he's coming back, but the only caveat I, I put to it is Ligue 1, Ligue 1 players don't necessarily adapt to the Premier League that well, that quickly. Um, Bakayoko is the obvious example. He hasn't done that well at Chelsea, as many would have hoped. I think that's more to do with the way he's been uh, treated by Conte in terms of how he's played. I don't think he is capable of managing multiple roles. Uh, he's a very much, he's, he's a simple player with, who can drive from deep, but at the moment I think he's been asked to do too much. Uh, Lacazette would be an exception. I think he's, he's adapted very well, just needs to add more goals. But I'm thinking more of your your Kazaris, for example, your Tovan. I mean, Tovan um, came to came to the Premier League, was non-existent, wore a tuxedo, and that was it. Um, <laughs> now, but now at, at Marseille, he's he's one of the best players in, in the division and has a really strong shout of making it to that World Cup squad, which is incredible. Thinking of the the talent that France have, so um, that is that is leading I, I, right next on to our next question. Sorry to interrupt you, Peter. Have right. you got any dark horses for the French? World Cup squad. Yeah, dark horses. Well, the 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 France squad is, as I was saying, really really competitive. Um, and Didier Deschamps makes a lot of decisions that are questionable. I think is is one way of putting it. It's because he wants to build a squad that's versatile. He wants options. It's why Musa Sissoko is always in the squad because, from Deschamps' point of view, he can put him in multiple positions and know he'll do a job. Essentially, um, he wants the variety of options when they play. Uh, in terms of dark horses, I think I don't know how how far I want to push it. Um, right back is the area which is completely undecided. I think uh, Sidibe of, of Monaco is is first choice, understandably so. But defensively, there are still some questions about him. Um, he's tried a number of different players. Most recently was uh, Benjamin Pavard, who uh, plays for Stuttgart. He's a young player. He made his debut alongside um, Stevan, uh, Steven and Zonzi, another former Premier League uh, player. Um, He's one who could potentially, uh, with a good run of games, could make it. I mean, he's not a natural right back. He's, he's a centre-half. So he's one player who could be as a backup option. Uh, Cochier at Sevilla is the, the one that you would assume would, would hold that role. But he hasn't really had a look-in under, under Deschamps of late. So other options for that? I mean, Jale is the one that's always in the squad, and he's, he's appalling. But that's partly to do with Nice's defensive problems and the fact that he plays at left-back at the moment. But he is ageing. Uh, Malqui at Lille, I think, maybe is another outside bet. I mean, Lille have been terrible, but for me, he's done quite well in, in, a, in an attacking sense. Um, but yeah, I would, I'd say right back is the area to look at. Pavar is definitely one to watch. Uh, and Zonzi did okay in, in his debut. Um, I think Abdoulaye Dekoura at Watford, if he can maintain his form, you know, has an outside chance. Um, and as, as ridiculous as that sounds, but Deschamps is, is willing to try things. So... Um, don't rule out anyone really, but in the attacking positions, you can expect um, it to be a fight between, especially Payet, Fakir, and, and Tovan. I think Fakir, unfortunately, is quite one-dimensional. Um, so he he likes the team to be uh, run around him. That's the way it's set up at Lyon. Um, and I think for Deschamps, uh, Payet is slightly more versatile, even though he has been awful at uh, club level this season. Uh, and Tovan's done really, really well, and he remains consistent. So he's in he's in the good books and. At the moment, it's impossible to rule Fekir out. Uh, but I think of those three, one of those may miss out because of just how much talent there is. Um, yeah, there are a number a very, of different... very talented squad, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I was actually gonna, thinking, as an Arsenal fan again, 
obviously. Uh, is there any room at centre-half? Because Koscielny has had this really long-standing Achilles problem and he's never actually had it operated on. And um, I'm just thinking it's probably the reason his form has been quite poor this season at Arsenal. Is there anyone who might be, you know, his heir, like that partner to, to Rafael Varane? Yeah, I completely agree about uh, his Achilles. I think that's that's something that has uh, really affected him and uh, could bite at some point um, more severely, both especially for you. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of options at centre half for France. Um, I think the the successor uh, waiting in the wings is uh, is Kimpembe at PSG. Uh, he's been featuring quite a lot. Adil Rami got an outside look in, which was unusual because he didn't start so well at Marseille, but he's won there. Uh, I'm just trying to get them back off the top of my head. Um, oh, he's a, Kurt Zoom is another one with an outside shot. Um, mm-hmm. He's still, still favoured by Deschamps. Um, but the, just to give an impression of the, the depth they've got, it, um, oh, I can't remember his name. Bill Bow centre half, what's his name? I was talking uh, about Laporte. Him. Laporte, yeah, he can't get a look in um, to the point where he's now looking at switching nationality to Spain. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, so I think centre half. I mean, if Koscielny does pop his heel, <laughs> um, then there are definitely options waiting in the wings for sure. Yeah, that's that's an interesting area. That that and um, the, the fullback area is one that. I mean, during the Euros, the fullback area was definitely suspect. I mean, it was like Jale, Sanya, Evra. Um, mm. Mendy hadn't really exploded onto the scene yet, but that, yeah. that, I guess you've got Mendy and Kazawa. Um, yeah. Both vying for that spot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think the right back is definitely the key one. I think uh, Kazawa seems to be fine, no matter how badly he plays with PSG, he'll be there. <laughs> um, they've, yeah. I think left back could be, but I think Mendy could make it back. Um, but right back is the one to watch, and that's wide open. I think. Well, yeah. So football index listeners that that is the from from peter's perspective right back the area to watch and um do keep an eye on koshielmi as well if he as peter just said pops his achilles then uh the, the, <laughs> there might be some players waiting in the wing and uh looking to profit from that so we'll, we'll move on to our third question and this is one and i believe this is one from from football index rc so so shout out to him because i remember him being one of the first people to comment and it is how do you view psg do you view them as a benefit to League One or rather a hindrance? This is a great question. And I, I think um, there are definitely, well, it's two-sided. And I think there are both, um, for both sides, there are some really strong points. Um, I think the obvious thing to say is uh, competitively, it's uh, not great for the title. Um, uh, you've obviously got a team running away with it, and you know they're, they're going to win probably another domestic treble. I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, Monaco can't really compete. They, they, I mean, they did have the, the original investment from Ribolovlev, but they now they're now the selling club. So in terms of competition, um, you can see from a title perspective anyway, it's been bad. But there's a really good article written by um, Rory Smith of the New York Times who, who puts it quite succinctly. Uh, that in reality, PSG's wealth uh, and their performances in Europe are actually very, very good um, from another perspective for Liga. Um, Liga has always been seen as the runt of the European pack. Um, great for young players. We talk about all these players that can that leave the division and obviously see how well France are doing. So that from that side, it's strong. But uh, as a force in Europe, it's just never been that um, competitive, not for a very long time. But PSG's money... 
has a lot of benefits. Um, it's inspired spending in some respects. Uh, it's made it more marketable. So Marseille's project under Frank McCourt, uh, the, the, uh, the American owner, he came in in the summer. Uh, he sees OM as a, a sleeping giant, uh, one that they see themselves as always rivaling PSG in, in a great rivalry, which is uh, Le Classique. Um, but he sees a, a real opportunity there. Um, and the same goes for uh, Gerard Lopez at Lille. I mean, that project hasn't worked so well. But they, the two of them, their investment into the division, uh, their high expectations of it indicate that Liga is seen as going on a very much an upward trajectory. And, and that kind of the, the financing that's brought um, will improve competition gradually. It'll be a long time. I don't think they could ever compete with PSG when you're backed by a state like they are. It's, it's difficult, but it's not just those clubs. I mean, Ren have been spending. They've got a very rich owner in, uh, in Pico. Um, he started to invest. He's realized he's got to invest. Um, and of course, when you've got a player like Neymar in the division, it attracts people. People want to see how he's doing. And television rights, the TV rights deals are expected to go up. Um, and in France, they've got really good structure, youth structure, as I mentioned, Stadia after the, the Euros in 2016. Um, so in a way, that PSG are sort of dragging the division up with them. Uh, I think the fact that they're going to win it every year is something we may just have to accept for a while. But in terms of competition, it, it, it is upwards. The only downside, of course, is PSG, you can argue about state soft power, interference, that there are risks, but I think that's the more European problems that UEFA should be dealing with. But for Liga, I, you know, there are really strong arguments that it's been good, and the attention it's getting, for one, um, does underline that you know there actually there are benefits. For sure, I mean, especially from you know from the UK perspective, I think BT Sport have um, have got the rights to to most PSG televised games, don't they? So yeah. ju just that aspect of it that the marketability i think is incredibly positive as you said the flip side of it especially if you're taking probably monaco's best player and putting it in psg starting lineup yeah cool. killing and that that is obviously quite negative that is quite, quite like a bayern munich-esque thing to do if we look at you know lewandowski gertz hummels all those players that left dortmund the second biggest club to go to bayern munich the biggest and, and best team in germany is, is quite similar could we have something like that starting to occur in liga yeah i absolutely i think it's already occurring i think the issue for liga compared with say the bundesliga is that the the, the standard of player below uh, psg is not necessarily good enough to get into PSG's team. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you don't have that regular occurrence. But the fact that Mbappe did move from, from Monaco, in fact, it was a loan as well. Which it, it was, I mean, to put it frankly, it does make a mockery of, of the, the division. The, the champions should Definitely. be giving the champions like their, their best player. Um, when, the, when the transfer fee goes through, you can't argue against it. I mean, it was all for financial fair play, of course. But um, it's, it, yeah, from that side, you, you have to say that's what it's going to be. Um, and it's finding the positives from it. And I, th I think longer term, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the likes of Marseille um, could, if, if the financial power behind them is strong enough, could pose more of a challenge. Monaco, of course, will rebuild. They have an excellent uh, infrastructure there. A number of young players have invested so well again. So I'm sure in, a, in maybe a cycle that they'll come around again and we'll try and uh, rub PSG's noses in it. So. Yeah, there, there is challenge, but it's, yeah, the, the example of Bayern Munich is a good one because it, PSG essentially are France FC in Europe. <laughs>
yeah, I think that's uh, it's definitely there's there's two sides to that question, but I think you've, you've done well to answer it there, Peter. But we'll move on to the next one. This is question four. Again, forgot who who actually posted it, but who would you earmark as the next big rising French star for 2018? So maybe looking at like a a Thomas Lamar or Kylian Mbappe esque explosion that we had in 2017, but like the 2018 version. Who who is that? You know, gem that could explode. Well, I don't think we've got a uh, another Kylian Mbappe coming through, unfortunately. Um, but there are, as as always with Liga, there's a number of young young players to watch. Um, I think I should probably address the one who probably is the close, who is the probably the the brightest star amongst them. That that's Hasamawa. Mm. A really difficult name to pronounce. So I hope yeah. they got that right. But um, the Lyon midfielder has been a bit of a revelation. Uh, I mean, they've done exceptionally well um, under Genesio this season, um, and one of the players to benefit from their fantastic academy is just keeps on producing uh, the likes of Fakir and, and, and he's got a clear successor in, in, in Awa. He's a versatile midfielder, which is was one of the most impressive aspects. I think he'd like to play in that central role, uh, potentially behind a striker, similar to Fakir. He's played out on the left. Uh, he's even played on the right. Um, he's a fantastic player technically and he's already been linked to, to Barcelona and he's only played a handful of, of games uh, for, for, for Lyon. Um, the interesting thing with him is that he's he's established himself now um, in the first team and looks unfazed against the bigger clubs. I mean, he featured a bit against PSG. Um, and I think in terms of potential, uh, he's definitely one that uh, is one to watch. I don't think he'll he'll reach the heights of Mbappe, but if you, if I'd put him in the same ranks as as your as your series um, and potentially your Lamar's next year. Uh, for, for moving out of Liga for sure but there are a number of other players um, to keep an eye on um, I like personally I, I do like following Strasbourg and they've got uh, Martin Terrier who's gone on loan uh, from Lille surprisingly mm-hmm. which is quite ironic uh, and he's done exceptionally well he has a fantastic scoring rate for the uh, French under 21s um, but he's been superb for them uh, so, did, so did Yaya Sonogo mind yeah well yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, there are caveats to everything, so uh, <laughs> don't take my word on everything. But um, Terry has done very, very well. Um, <laughs> Sonogo scored the other night, so you never oh, know. Did he? Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I've... Uh, yeah. It took us all by surprise. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Terry has uh, done very, very well. Um, I expect him to go on. He's still very, very young. Uh, who else we've got? Uh, Benjamin Bourgeois uh, uh, at Rennes, mm-hmm. joined from uh, Lens. He... Um, He's a midfielder. He was, I think, he was likened to David Beckham by one of his former oh, wow. coaches. So, uh, the I would back it up in terms of how good his right foot is. It's one hell of a right foot. He can ping balls le- uh, left, right, and centre, and take a free kick as well. He scored a fantastic one against Lyon uh, earlier this season, and can whip in a good set piece too. So he's been vital for Ren. He's settled in very, very quickly. Uh, Yoris Nanyon, of course, at, at Ren. Uh, he was dropped by Sabri Lamushi towards the back end of 2017. He's a centre half. Um, back in the side now, partnering uh, Jeremy Gela, so two another two young centre halves for for Ren. He's one I think could could be looking next year to a move abroad, especially if Ren continue to improve after their poor start. Ishmael Assar is also a Ren. He he signed for 17 million euros mm. from Metz. He's had an injury. Uh, he had a knee injury. He picked it up towards the start of the season. So he was actually one that was that was linked to to far bigger clubs as well last summer, was he not? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think it took most people by surprise that he made the switch to Ren. 
who have traditionally just been your middling club desperately trying to seek the top seven, but their owner's been a bit parsimonious and, and doesn't like to invest. But it took us all by surprise that they spent so much on a player. Uh, and Saar was fantastic for Mets last season. He he and uh, uh, Diabate, I mean, together kept them in the division. Uh, and you can see what's happened without them uh, this time around. They're, they're rock bottom. So um, Saar is a left winger, cuts inside, uh, can score goals. At the start of this season, I think Christian Gorky, the Red manager, wasn't using him properly, trying to use him as a centre-forward. And I don't think he's ready for that transition. It's almost like forcing the, the Omri-esque move uh, up top. So that he's definitely one to watch, for sure. Um, uh, definitely. There are... Who else have we got? Um, Lo Celso, of course, at, at PSG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's one that Emery really does like. Uh, I mean, there's we, we can talk about the stars of PSG for we like, but Lo Celso has established himself, and he, whenever he plays, he performs. I mean, there's a number of times we, we've Draxler's played, Di Maria's played, and he's, they've gone off and been replaced by Lo Celso, and he's changed games. Um, he's bright, he's lively, he's creative. He doesn't look out of place in that PSG side. So, I think with the manager's backing, uh, which he clearly has got, he could really stake a claim. And I imagine that with PSG desperate to remove players, which we'll probably talk about later, um, <laughs> La Celso could get a look in, uh, especially because in reality, PSG squad is, is actually relatively thin in the centre. It is quite thin. Midfield, yeah. Um, yeah, I think those are the main ones. I think Ndombele, who made the switch to, to Lyon, started really well. Lyon have a number of fantastic players. Toussaint oh, alongside nice. him in the field. Um, Lafont, uh, keeper at uh, Toulouse. Yeah. Only 18. It's got 80 league appearances already. Um, goalkeeper. So, and there are a number of good young keepers in the division, too. So, those are the names I'd, I'd pull out. Um, there are plenty more. But uh, I think, above all, I would go with Hassan Mawa as your next main star who'll be linked to, to clubs abroad, if we say in a year's time. Or, yeah, well, you've you've nearly nearly knocked two questions out in one because uh, by mentioning Hassan Ua, there was one question later on in the, the list that we've gone, which was how does the future of Hassan Ua unfold given the interest from abor- abroad? Do you see him? Is it probably more likely that another big Leon player leaves the summer? He becomes the next, you know, the heir to the throne to Fakir, as you said. Yeah, no, I, I think you got, it's almost the, the sort of conveyor belt yeah, of uh, yeah. a talent. But uh, Leon keep producing, so for now, it's it's not an issue. Um, I don't think he'll go yet. He has been linked with moves away, but I don't think he'll go just yet. Uh, he's still got a lot to improve in, in terms of experience. And I think uh, once Fakir goes, which Fakir is, is the next in line to leave, um, I think that's when we'll see the best of him, uh, a Leon side that can be built around him. Um, and he can see the success that's gone before. So, I mean, Lacazette, of course, he could have left earlier, um, but uh, uh, Alas, the, the Leon owner, was, was dogged and, and, and determined to keep him at the club, and that worked out well, and they, the club got a really good deal for him. Um, Fakir is stay. I mean, he's 24, so he's, he's not a, a young player, and of course, he's had the setbacks of his knee injury and, and whatever else. So, Time, I think, is something that, that Leon will Leon will have taught him uh, is uh, to to to, uh, to treat correctly, um, to stay and to, to to really focus his talent. I mean, he's in the right place. I think Leon is a great place for young players to develop. Leon is a fantastic club with terrific pedigree. They don't know how to treat him correctly. Um, I think 
it depends how fast he uh, improves at the rate he's going. I think it'll be a couple of years potentially, so much sooner than some of the other ones. But I think he won't go just yet, and I think it'd be foolish to go just yet when he's got uh, a club and a manager who are willing to to invest so much in, in young players like him. And I'm guessing in terms of suitors, this could be absolutely anyone because of just the, the sheer quality of the player, really, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think he could he could adapt anywhere. He's, he's What's been quite surprising about him is that he's uh, shown a physicality to his play. So I think the, the first thing you'd probably throw at him would be Premier League probably couldn't do it because of the physicality. But he's shown aspects to his game that he can cope in, a, in, in robust games. Um, I think you're looking at some of the very best clubs with that. And I think in terms of his style of play, you're looking more your Barcelonas, um, uh, your Manchester Cities, or uh, dare I say it, your Arsenals, um, <laughs> for uh, the kind of direction he will go, I'd imagine. What, what, what kind of player would you compare him to if you, if you had to, as we were just, you know, pinning um, Jean Sarri to, uh, to Naby Keita, what would you compare Hassan Oua to? Uh, he's not like Nabil Fakir, is the first one that, that comes into my mind. I wouldn't say he's similar in that sort of respect in terms of uh, Fakir does dominant centrally. I think uh, Awa's uh, feet are fantastic. Um, his movement and his selection of pass. So you've got that sort of, uh, I don't want to, problem is I'm going to give him labels here that are very, very, uh, not unfair. I mean, he'll be flattered by them, but they are um, too extreme. But you're looking more at your... Um, Xavi and Iesta types, and oh, I'm, wow, okay. I'm wincing when I say it. So do, <laughs> do take all the caveats with it, but we're, talk, we're looking in that direction of, of style yeah. of play in terms of how he wants to play, uh, in terms of his intelligence, um, his ability to read a game, uh, and, and things like that. Um, I'm trying to think of a more uh, moderate example, but I think... Uh, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. and then uh, we'll leave it at Iniesta then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say... That. I say yesterday, but I'm thinking in terms of how he plays, um, yeah, yeah, triangles, sure. that, sort, that sort of thing. I, I wouldn't say he's an Iniesta by, by any stretch of imagination. God, I'm digging myself a hole here. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's move on to the next one then. Um, the next question after the, the, the big rising French star, which kind of tied into Hussemois, was do you see Neymar at PSG as a long term thing? And obviously, we've got these crazy Real Madrid rumours. In fact, even before he'd completed his PSG move, there was already articles saying that this is only like a stepping stone to get to Real Madrid. Is this crazy or is this... Could this actually materialise in, in, in some form? I wouldn't call it crazy at all. Um, I spoke to uh, Eric Bielderman for, for an article I wrote um, in the eye about, about Neymar and his, his time. And you get these comparisons, he was saying, because of the fact that he hasn't necessarily settled uh, as you would like as you would assume of a player i mean he, he goes off to london for parties and he goes back to barcelona to see his teammates and <laughs> you, know, you get the impression that hold on you know he's he's uh he's, he's not settled in, in paris and he, he wants to go but i think with neymar we've got to remember that to make such a transfer it's quite clearly a statement of real ambition i mean of course there is the money side and you can't take that away but he wants not only to win the Champions League, he's done that already. He wants to win the Ballon d'Or and he wants to do it and he wants to win the Champions League in a team that is built around him. He wants to really stake his claim and, and, and reach those high, high expectations that have been made of him. I mean, we're talking about a player who's carried uh, the Brazilian national team at a home World Cup. Um, and <laughs> you could see how they fell apart when they, when they faced Germany without him. 
uh, mindset you're, we're dealing with with Neymar, and that's probably come into why he's made the switch. I think what's really important is how they do in Europe. I think Liga, he doesn't really give too much of a, a, a second thought to. Uh, he has been excellent. I'm not, I'm not taking away his form. He's yeah, scoring goals, he's getting assists. So he's not, he knows the importance of being consistent domestically, but it, it's Europe, which we, which he will want to do well in. And the, the key issue that, that Bielderman pointed out was the fact that they've drawn Real Madrid uh, yeah. straight up in big stages. Um, so when we're talking about his future, I think if they if they bomb out of Europe at that stage, then the questions will only intensify because it's saying, well, why did you join PSG if you're going to bomb out at this stage? You know, you're not ready yet. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if PSG do. I mean, Real Madrid have been poor in Spain, as you know. But I think PSG will need to progress, and that's the purchase, that's the reason for such an extensive outlay. But I wouldn't rule out the fact that he could move. Um, I don't think it'd be immediate, though. It just wouldn't, would not be possible. I think when you invest so much in an asset like Neymar, you, you can't let him go immediately. And any sense he's going now, next year, year after that, I don't think that's the case. Longer term, though, um, PSG may want to return on, on that money. I think if UEFA come down hard on FFP, which they could do if they don't sell, uh, with, they're under a lot of pressure from big clubs to, to make a statement about what PSG have done and what PSG are doing. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if they get, say, a sanction that's far more extreme than you'd expect, not just a, a squad limitation, but even, a, even a, a ban from European competition if they can't prove the finances, which at the moment looks like they're going to do. But <laughs> if you look longer term, they may, I'm not saying they may be forced to, but they could reinvent, uh, take some money back off that transfer fee and just take the hit, take the shine off it and take the, the stress of the, the amount of money they've spent. But money is key, of course, and, and that's what's going to keep him at PSG. I still expect that at some point PSG may win, will win the Champions League, I think, if they can stay within FFP rules, of course. For sure. Um, I think also the, the fact that uh, there's quite a lot of Brazilians at PSG, kind of, for me, I don't see him leaving in the next couple of years. You've got Dani Alves there, Marquinhos, obviously Lucas. Yeah. I don't know whether or not he'll stay, but there's, there's quite a... And Thiago Silva, of course, the, the captain, and he has been the captain there for a while. There's, there's a big Brazilian community there at PSG. Yeah, no, and I, I think he will settle. I mean, people will talk, look at the, uh, the Cavani stuff, uh, the penalty gate against Leon earlier in the season, and the rumours of a hush fund and, and, <laughs> and uh, dressing room splits and all of that. And you know what? That, that may reoccur. I mean, how do you manage someone who's bigger than the club? Uh, That's true. It's, Very good point. But Unai Emery, it's it's a real challenge, and he won't be there for long, I don't think, especially if they get, they, they bomb out against uh, Real Madrid. Um, the, the, it will take time for him to settle. But in the at the end of the day, it's it's such a the, the thing about PSG and the thing is quite interesting is it's not really a team. It's it's like they're building the Avengers. Fantastic. Well, almost like that. Yeah, I could say you could say that. And. Um, making a team out of that is hard. I mean, it's almost comes to the point where you've got to make sure your talent far outweighs the team. But you look at Manchester City and what can happen when your talent and the team are intertwined intrinsically and suddenly you have a fantastic machine of a team. Mm. Uh, PSG are not that. They are not that at all. And um, I, I look at PSG and I look at Manchester City and they're, they're some way off. Yeah, I think... Um, sorry, just to interrupt you again, Peter. I think, you know, Emre as well, he's... The biggest club he's managed that is Sevilla, if, if, if I'm if I'm not wrong, to, to go into a in, into a job where you literally have players who are who are megastars. You've got the probably the most expensive 
teenager that will that will ever be when the transfer fee goes through. I think it's just above Osmano Dembele, isn't it? And uh, you've got the, the most expensive player who will be the most expensive player for quite a long time. I mean, imagine, I can imagine that Unai Emery is probably having quite a hard time trying to massage all these egos all at once, especially when you've got the likes of Danny Alves there as well. It must be an absolute nightmare. So f- for me, I always think that you know, the the club has, to some extent, or the team has outgrown the manager. I mean, Unai Emery is, is quite capable, but perhaps you're looking at maybe like a, an Ancelotti, a, a Pochettino at some point coming in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, th- I think it's almost at the point where it's almost unmanageable. I think when you look mm. at um, sides that have done well, so if you look at Real Madrid, they're the best comparison in terms of the egos they've got. And the reason they've won back-to-back Champions Leagues, the reason they were, they were so dominant, of course they're not so dominant at the moment, but the reason they were is because of Zidane. And Zidane is a player whose reputation on the field was enormous. You know, th- these players are looking at him and they're still inspired by him. It's so difficult to do that. Even your Ancelotti goes into that dressing room and, you know, you think, well, he's, he's a great manager, but I'm still bigger than them. And obviously with Neymar, it's even more than that. He's, the whole club is in, in, entwined with him and... Kalafi, the the the, uh, the representative from QSI, has got has got to take some sort of the the, the uh, criticism for that because you don't build a team this way. It's, it's not. I mean, it's great for marketing and whatever else. I mean, he is a he is a world class player. But how do you building a team, keeping a cohesive dressing room is so so difficult when you spend so much money on one player. So it's definitely one to watch. And if, I think when we think about whether Neymar will be there long term, if it's not long term. It'll be because of these things, these combination of trying to build a team with a player who's bigger than the club, um, needing uh, other players falling out with him, disc- uh, discontinuity, and also lack of success. Because at the end of the day, if the team's not performing well and they're not doing well, and he doesn't get his Ballon d'Or winning Champions League season where he's the messiah and more messy than Messi could ever be, then you know he will look elsewhere. For sure. And I think also, just backtracking to my Brazilian point as well, you've got Dani Alves, who's like 36 now. Thiago Silva is about the same age. Um, Marquinhos is probably the one that will, that will stay there. Lucas could leave. I mean, mm. next season or the season after, you, you could be looking at a PSG where Neymar and maybe Marquinhos are the only Brazilians there. So suddenly he's potentially lost a few friends there as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, that probably will happen. I think Lucas is out the door. I don't think he's, there's no future for him there. PSG need the money. Um, he will go, uh, to put it bluntly. Thiago Silva is ageing. He's shown a decline in the last year. He's still a, still a top defender. Boy, do they need him at the moment for his leadership in, in the dressing room. Um, whether he can do that is another question, and we could talk about that for ages. But um, <laughs> Danny Alves, too, is getting on. He's still performing, though, so maybe we'll see another season from him. But I think Lucas is gone. And, and yeah, definitely. Ne- good. Neymar could just be left with Marquinhos in terms of that uh, Brazilian contingent, for sure. Mm. Very, very interesting and one to keep an eye on. I'm sure that will be in the news for the next year, two years, three years, Football Index owners. So I think if, you, if you've got Neymar in your portfolio, you're probably, barring a massive injury, I think you're probably quite safe in terms of price and probably quite quite good returns as well. But you know what, Pete, you've been brilliant so far because you keep linking onto the next story. It's as, <laughs> if, it's as if you've got the notes right in front of you. And uh, the next question is, if PSG are needing to sell to stick with FFP rules, that's financial fair play for anyone who doesn't know, who do you expect will leave to raise the funds required? And actually today I saw an article or or an interview rather with, with Javier Pastoria saying that he wants to actually see his career out at PSG. So 
he was one of the ones that I thought would probably be going. Lucas, another one. Di Maria, perhaps. Um, can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Yeah, um, Pastore will do well to see his career out. He <laughs> plans to retire in the imminent future. Uh, I think he's all but gone. Uh, the, the stuff about delaying coming back to, to the club, I think that could easily be that used for way to as well. Yeah. yeah, it was very strange. And I think that's partly because the club are pushing him out. Uh, and that's he's finding that very difficult. I don't think he imagined he'd be in this situation. And he's a top-class player. He's he's one of the players that you think, you know what, give him a bit of uh well, play him, <laughs> um, and you're, you're going to get a talented uh, performer out of him. So I don't, I can't see him staying. Obviously, we mentioned Lucas. Uh, I think he's out the door already. Um, he's been linked with what Inter, uh, United, and uh, even Nantes. Uh, and China as well. China and Brazil oh, yeah. today as well. I think. Yeah, there's an offer on the table from China. So, yeah, he's definitely those two are, are because PSG will need a big casualty. They not even if they don't, because we can't ever be fully sure about FFP and what they're doing because mm. it is a bit, you know, it's it's not in the clear. But looking at it uh, on paper, they do need to sell. Um, they can renew their their night night deal by backtracking it, and whatever, and that that will raise a few more tens of millions. But it's still not enough especially when you factor in the Mbappe transfer next year. So that's, big names have got to go as well as the little ones. Wow, so Pastore and Mora are probably going to go. Um, Gedesh is one who's on loan at Valencia, um, and he'll probably oh, join yeah, yeah. Euros. And that's crazy to think, because he joined only last January, and he's a, he's a really, really good prospect. Mm. Um, he's done really well in Spain, in a Valencia team that's really performed well. But they're going to have to let him go. I imagine uh, Jesse, obviously, he's on loan. They want to get rid of him permanently. Krakowiak's loan at West Brom hasn't gone that well. They want to get rid of him permanently. Um, and you've got to think, if if financially UEFA come back and say, do you know what, you haven't done enough. We've got to make a statement because the big club's pressing us. Then you've got to think one other one. And maybe these are the ones that, for me, I think could be at risk. Di Maria is one, but at the moment, I can't see who's going to come in for him. However, he has been playing. He has been playing relatively well. So that would increase his market value and help PSG to sell because the other issue is that clubs know they'll have to sell. Um, Cavani um, isn't doing himself a world of favours. There are a lot of talk about him being uh, isolated in the dressing room. He arrived late back with Pastore. That was apparently due to um, personal reasons or uh, some other factor that wasn't transfer related. Um, but he himself is not the most popular figure, and many see Mbappe as the the, the successor to lead the line at, at PSG, the, to be the number one up top. Uh, at the moment, he's playing on wide on the right, which is definitely not his natural position. He is learning, and he's still done really, really well for someone so young. Um, but I think Cavani, I mean, he's getting on a little bit. I mean, he is scoring goals, and you can't take away from the fact that, I mean, I'm used to be one of the biggest critics in the world of Cavani, because for every goal he scores, he misses three others. Um, but I think... He, he is one who could be um, pushed out if they need to. Uh, Draxler won't go, I don't think, because of the investment they made so soon, uh, so recently, uh, excuse me. Um, and he's young and he, he is a, he's a very top talented player. But that said, you know, they, we, they could turn around at the end of the season and go, do you know what? We've, we've satisfied UEFA and we're fine. Um, I think those major ones, don't be surprised if a major one happens, I think is what I'm trying to get across, is okay. because. That that could happen. Um, is, is that rather in, in January, or, or or do you see that happening? Does it have to be? Does the, the money have to be raised by the summer? Uh, well, 
on paper, yeah, it does need to be done by the summer. So <laughs> someone's got it. Someone's got to go this January. I think mm. your Lucas's and your Pastores, one of them will definitely go. Lucas, I think, is pretty much gone. Um, they definitely need to make player sales in this window. I mean, that's why they've been linked with like Lasana Diara on a free transfer because they just they cannot spend at the moment. Mm. Um, UEFA are looking. They're investigating. Um, they've got to warrant a better phrase. They've got to be on their best behaviour, essentially. Um, the summer again poses whole new challenges with Mbappe's transfer fee going through. Another absolute ton of money. So then you've got more people who definitely have to go. Um, so definitely in the summer, I would say, rather than necessarily now. Someone will go in January, but in the summer you may get a shock who goes. That's what I would wow. say. Well, that that was very, very, very interesting. I just wanted to, to talk about a bit more uh, about Gonzalo Guedes. Um, he's he's one I've watched at, at Valencia this season. He looks an absolute superstar. Um, definitely one of those players that's gone kind of under the radar at the the under twenty one level, but he looks a real star. Any any suitors for him? Well, there there are a lot of suitors, but would Valencia be first in the queue to get him permanently? Yeah, I think I think Valencia is the one lined up to to take him. I think it's forty million euros is what PSG want and I think they may and they may uh, fork out for it so um, I mean his form's been really good so I wouldn't rule out someone else coming in for him um, but from all that I've seen I think it's, it is Valencia that uh, will be the the end destination permanently for, for Gadesh unless of course financial problems get in the way. Yeah I mean he, he got linked with Real Madrid yesterday I think he's been linked with, with Arsenal as well I mean uh, that would be great <laughs> but uh, linked with um, I think think Liverpool as well or, or maybe even United but he seems a real real good player but um, yeah again we'll uh, we'll move on to the next one this was probably with all due respect to who, who, who asked the question who posed it probably the strangest one but it, it does make sense after I've read it back a few times and the question is, is the, league's, is the league strong enough to provide a good basis for the development of these players, as or youngsters, sorry, or would a lot of them be snapped up by bigger clubs in bigger, bigger leagues earlier on in their development to, you know, to play in a more competitive league and develop to, to a greater extent? Um, I think, yeah, I think I, I mentioned this slightly earlier. I think Liga is a really good place for young players. Um, it's a tactic. It's tactically a very, very strong division. Uh, it's why Ranieri has done so well um, with his tinkering. Uh, it's been very, very effective. Um, it's a place that really does facilitate development. Um, I mean, look at the French national team. I mean, that's mm. that doesn't come from nowhere, and that that does come from the base uh, youth structures they've got in France. Um, clubs like Monaco. Um, Clubs like Lyon have shown that there is an economic model to be made uh, and that, that can succeed and do well. You don't have to be a PSG to 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 move up the ranks, essentially. And it's something that's being copied by by other sides. Um, Lyon, I've got a great youth system, and so Monaco, but Rennes are another one who desperately want to, to fit that sort of mould. Uh, they've got the youth youth side all sorted. It's just on the field of first team that's been the issue. Um, for uh, the, the projects I was talking about earlier, Lille wants to replicate that side of things. Uh, that's the sort of model they, they wanted to build. They, they bought a number of young players and when they threw their weight behind uh, uh, Marcello Bielsa, didn't work out so well. And then we've got Gautier now, who's a completely different kind of manager entirely. But it's that, that sort of economic model of we can buy these young players and we know we can develop them because the league is the, the, the sort of league that, can, um, that allows us to blood them and, and, and they can do well. 
what this does mean is, as the question implies, is that you know they're going to get snapped up, and that's part of the model. You know, you you buy you buy cheap, you sell for for more. It's what Mike Ashley dreams of at night when he <laughs> uh, in his heyday, if there ever was a heyday. Um, but that that's the sort of model that's been very successful in France, and for now, that's the most efficient one. It does feel like progressively you get to a point where you think, okay, we're, we want to be challenging at the very top level. But because PSG's benchmark is so far ahead, it's almost unattainable at, mo at the moment. Even Monaco, I mean, they've got a billionaire backer. I mean, he is uh, hamstrung by the, the divorce that cut his finances in half. But um, it, they, they no longer can sustain it. I mean, you could see how they just sold everybody uh, yeah. in the summer and the rest are on the way out too. But they've they've reinvested. So you've got you've got uh, Cato was a great investment. Uh, Tielemans will be a great investment. Um, the Akabe they signed from Ren will be another great investment. Mm -hmm. So they're they're looking longer term, and that's the the, the model that a lot of clubs in league are slowly adopting. And um, it, it's for now it, it's a moneyed game. And if you've got a ton of it like PSG, you'll do well, um, and you'll be able to keep your players. But in in France, there'll always be a price. I would say. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. And they're using the money well. So, I mean, Nice bought, uh, invested in a new training ground, for example, um, that, that opened this year. So these are the, the things that the French clubs are doing. They're, they're building these uh, the, these models that, that can hold them up and keep them, well, sustain them, essentially. Yeah, for sure. I think that's it's quite clear to see, even, even if you don't follow French football, that that is the model that a lot of these teams are taking to try and catch PSG, really. But... As you said, as you mentioned, it's probably not going to happen. Monaco are probably going to go and sell a few more players, whether it be now in January or summer. I think Fabinho came out a, a few weeks back in an interview saying that he's got an agreement with the club that he can leave in summer. Um, obviously, there's always the, the Arsenal and Liverpool links to, to Thomas Lamar. And there'll be there'll be a few few others others sorry that that come into the the fray and and that, that will be coveted by bigger teams i mean i'm sure that yuri tylermans will be looked at by some bigger clubs if he plays maybe another season at monaco the same with keita balvo big big talent there I, I was actually quite surprised that he that he left lazio for monaco i thought they were quite like there were teams that were, that were kind of on par i mean especially if you had um juventus after him and into Milan, it was it was quite actually surprising to me that he he chose um, that he chose Monaco, and I mean there was even interest from from Liverpool, I believe, at one point. So so big coup for for Monaco. But we'll move on to the next question, which is: Is Jérôme Roussillon the best thing since sliced baguettes? Well, he's not doing too badly. Um, he's he's been superb at Montpellier. Montpellier have, have done really really well this season. Um, they have the best defence in the division, completely unexpected as well. Um, they sold their, their, their best players, their best assets in, in Riyad Boudaboos, went to Sevilla. Uh, Steve Mounier went to, to Huddersfield and they weren't really replaced. Um, manager uh, Michel de Zakarian's come in, renowned for his negative, stuffy sort of football. Um, but he has found a very well, highly successful um, formula with Montpellier and one of the players to benefit uh, benefit is is uh, Jérôme Roussillon. Um, he's a he's a left back. Can also play at the right back. Um, a very versatile, excellent going forward. He's got pace. He's intelligent, um, and they've relied upon him in attack with the absence of the likes of Budaboos and, and Munier. He and and Aguilar on the other side. 
have done very, very well. Um, is he the best thing since sliced baguettes? Well, you know, you can't really knock sliced baguettes. I mean, I'm, I'm from GFFN, so, you know, I can't, I can't detract too much. But, no, he's definitely one to watch for sure. I think he could be at a point where he could move on. I think uh, I was talking on the uh, GFFN show yesterday with uh, Rich Allen, and he was talking about how a move to Monaco might be good for him to provide some competition for George, a, a left-back. So I think he could be ready for that next step up you know, to your Lyon level, your Marseille level, your, your Monaco mm -hmm. level. He's definitely one to watch from that uh, perspective. Okay, well, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't really know enough about Roussillon to comment, but um, I'm going to take your word for it, Peter. And we'll, we'll actually move on to the next player, which is uh, Nordi Mukiele. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And the question is, how good can Nordi Mukiele become? Yeah, good. He can, He's another player with... Uh, uh, bundles of potential. Again, another Montpellier defender. Um, yeah, as I was saying about Montpellier's defence, it's been rock solid. They've conceded the least of any club. Uh, only 13 this season. That's less than PSG as well. Um, they're seventh, which is completely unexpected. And that's been in part thanks to the, the, their defence. I mean, we mentioned Roussillon uh, and Aguilar, the, the wing-backs, uh, in this 3-4-1-2 in this system or 3-5-2 uh, formation that Zakarian has adopted. Um, and, and where Nordi Mukiele has played, he's a centre-half. Uh, he's been played uh, the, to one side of, of Helton, who's 40 years of age. Uh, he's their main centre-half. And uh, Pedro Mendes on the other side, who, who they signed from Rent. And what Mukiele has done and what Pedro Mendes has done as well has uh, made up for what Helton can't do, and that is run. Um, and it's been really, really effective. Um, Helton's been fantastic. And so is Mukiele. He's still very, very young. He's versatile. He can play across the back. Uh, he's rangy, but he's quick. He's got strong aerial presence. Um, the only issue with Mukiele has been um, that he can be, could be, uh, pigeonholed as a, a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Mm. Uh, this season, we've seen him uh, move into that centre-half role. And I, you know what? I think now that the way he's played this season, I think you could probably class him in the Liga sort of young centre-half repertoire of, alongside your Issa Diop of Toulouse, Mukta mm -hmm. uh, Diakabi of Lyon, and, and Yoris Nagnon of, of Rennes. So these are some of the best young centre-halves in, in, in France, and Mukiele is now definitely amongst those, I would say. Well, very, very interesting indeed. Issa Diop is another one that was that was linked a lot with, with a lot of big clubs. He was actually even linked with Barcelona in the summer, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, Toulouse haven't done as well as they would have liked under Duprat this, this year. Uh, and Diop's been one to suffer a little bit. Um, he's been partnered with uh, Toulalon at times, and Toulalon is now a and a half. Um, and that's where the problems have really stemmed from. So uh, I expect Diop to, to bounce back, though, and those rumours will probably be rekindled in the summer if Toulouse can, can improve. And uh, well, he'll certainly be looking for a move anyway, Diop. I think he can definitely make that next step up to a slightly bigger club. If within Liga, your Leon's and Marseille, as I was saying before. Mm. Well, well, we'll again move on to the next one and and another young player or another player in in League One, which is who is probably like not not very well known. But how how good a prospect is Benjamin Borigod? Yeah, Benjamin Borigod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Borigod. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get that. Um, I practice yeah, it all I'm day, happy. all day, and now I get it. <laughs> Borigod, There we go. He's, uh, he's, he was one of the ones I mentioned as one of the potential bright young players because he has settled so well at, at, uh, at Rennes. He's the, the French David Beckham comparison. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of um, course. 
the right foot um, scored some fantastic goals, not just from set pieces. He scored a, a worldie at San Etienne where he's chipped uh, Ruffier um, against Marseille. He scored from 25 yards as well from a driving run from the centre of midfield. Um, he's a player who can play in the middle and out wide. Um, Ren have played him increasingly on the right because of the goals he's getting uh, and his ability uh, to whip a ball in. Um, he and uh, Benjamin Andre in, in midfield have really run games for Ren. Uh, Ren have underperformed. They, they were very underwhelming under Gorkouf, but they picked up towards the back end of 2017. And I expect them to push on again in the, in, into a 2018. And Bourgeois has established himself right at the heart of it. And I'd, Ren invested in a number of young players in the summer. Ishmael Assar uh, being another. Faitu Mawasa is another one. Uh, again, with this sort of st uh, financial model of buy cheap, sell more. Um, Bourgeois has been the best of the lot by, by uh, some distance, which is which is something to say when you buy, you're spending 17 million euros on Ishmael Assar. So hmm. he's done very, very well. He, I think he's, he's only 23. Um, he was at Lens uh, in the, the second division. Uh, he's been there for 13 years. He wanted the club to move up with him. He spent a little bit of time in Ligue 1 before they got relegated again. And it was a case of, you know, I need to progress my career. And He's shown that ambition and gone to Ren, a club that's really, really good for, for, for young talents. So, central midfielder, great right foot. Um, I think he's a really, really good prospect. I'm a really big fan uh, of his. Whenever I've seen him, he's performed very, very well. Um, I mean, still, we're only halfway through the season. It's a long way to go this year. But from how he has started, he's got a lot of potential, I would say. Well, whoever's asked that question, thank you very much, because Peter's a big fan and uh, you can, you know, <laughs> look at that how you want it i think he's he's probably on the index uh someone who, who's bought him is probably uh interested to know more about him so it's a great question there uh two more questions to go before we let peter go he's been very good to us so yeah. far and that is is nabil fakir to the premier league likely this year and I'll, I'll kind of expand on this one is it more likely if someone like lacazette or olivier Giroud gets into the french squad ahead of him is it more likely then, because they are playing on a, you know, on a on a bigger stage, that he that he leaves Lyon? Um, I think the World Cup is definitely something to mention, and it's something that affects all of the the French players. Um, so Thomas Lamar definitely comes into this too. Mm. The risk of joining a Premier League club is that you join the Premier League club and you have to adapt. And we've uh, I was mentioning before about how players have struggled. The, the, the track record is not that strong for instant success. I mean, Bernardo Silva is one to look at straight away. I mean, obviously, Manchester City haven't um, played him regularly. So, I mean, we have to bear that in mind. And what, he has done okay, but he hasn't exactly set the world alight. And when you're competing for a place in a, a squad that's as competitive as the France one, and when your position is as precarious as Fakir's is, as crazy as that seems, his position is not secure by any stretch of the imagination. For him, a move to the Premier League is a risk for sure. Um, so I wouldn't see it happening in January uh, because just looking ahead to the World Cup for that reason mm -hmm. alone. Uh, we could do. Um, I mean, I mean, Liverpool, they've sold Coutinho. I think he would be a good option to replace him. Um, they're looking more at Lamar, I think, as, as their, their preferred option. But um, for, he's definitely got the ability to do that, um, to, to make the switch to the Premier League. But it's the, it's the World Cup that's the big one. Um, so not in January, uh, so definitely in the summer is something to, to look for. Uh, the question is where, really. Um, if Liverpool is still in the market for someone to replace him, obviously Kate, uh, 
Naby Keita is going to come in uh, in central midfield. So when we talk about Coutinho dropping deeper, that he should fill that really, Keita, uh, which could allow for another attacking player to come in, the likes of Fakir or Lamar. I don't see is really adapting to that deeper role. I think Lamar would be better at that uh, than Fakir, but um, he is definitely used as an, an, as an attacking mid midfielder in every sense. He, he does like to run game from the centre without that defensive responsibility, uh, which is he's had the insurance of Luca Tusa, uh, another academy product at Lyon, who has done really, really well. I think he could do well at Arsenal. Uh, same with a lot of French players with, with Wenger there, and uh, obviously Lacazette. He knows him already. Uh, if Ozil does leave, which you know, he's not signed a new contract, so that, that looks likely. So um, he's a similar sort of player, but he's, he's more combative uh, with a, a poorer disciplinary record, which is a good thing for Arsenal. Okay? <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. He's not afraid to, to, to throw the cat amongst the pigeons. So, yeah, uh, maybe not in, in January. Look again in the summer for sure. I think will Leon, they have the, the successor in Awa there, so they're not going to be overly concerned. They'll want a big price, but I think summer. I think we can expect him to move. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it looks that it looks like that. I think he he might have kind of more a not an arrogant persona than Lacazette, but kind of a you know I, I'm I'm kind of a man uh, look about him now at, at Leon, um, and he he might be feeling a lot more confident than he than he was beforehand when he was playing kind of second fiddle really to to Lacazette. So now now in in the summer you're probably looking at yeah I, I think from the Premier League it's, it's most likely Arsenal just because of that French connection and obviously the type of player that are probably going to leave unfortunately the club that, that I sport being the, the two best players Sanchez and Ozil um, Fakir might be kind of a, a mix of those in terms of yeah being a bit more combative than than uh, Ozil but also having more of an eye for goal and probably kind of similar in physicality to Sanchez in terms of the stature kind of like that quite stocky presence uh, out there kind of in that like left forward right forward position that's probably where he'd fit in Arsenal and then of course um, Barcelona are also looking at another player to again fill that Neymar void they've got Coutinho they've got Osmano Dembele but those Antoine Griezmann links won't go away if they don't manage to pull that off obviously there's there's going to be massive a massive market for Antoine Griezmann in the summer Nabil Fakir could be someone that the Barcelona look at as well but um yeah, a question from me actually. Um, Antoine Griezmann, uh, where do we go from here? PSG, Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Where where does he? Because I think it looks like he's probably going to leave finally in the summer, but it's just not known where. Yeah, that's the that's a really good question about where he's going to go. I think the only reason he stayed uh, at Atleti in, in in the summer was because of the, the transfer ban. Uh, I think I think it was United who he would look set to join. So I think uh, looking more at Barcelona for, for Griezmann. Um, I think his attention, well, his he, his original desire to get to United may have quelled a little bit, just judging from the way they've played. And the, you get the you're getting the erratic comments of Mourinho taking on uh, Conte and with his almost libelous comments about match fixing and. You, I think that that is a real turnoff. I think for, for for Griezmann, but you know, I don't know. I, what I would say about him is that I'd expect him to move uh, probably again the summer after the World Cup, uh, with with when the, the, he can really focus on where he wants to go next. Um, I think Barcelona would be a good fit. They do need that world class sort of element. Not that Usman Dembele isn't a fantastic player, and I'm sure he will show it. Um, 
once he gets back to full fitness and finds his feet. Um, but there's definitely room for him there. Uh, Bayern Munich, they want to push on again, move on and bring in a, a new French star from from the days of Ribéry. Um, so yeah, I, I think he'll move. I don't. I'd be surprised if he goes to Man United now. Um, much more surprised than uh, I was saying in the summer. But uh, Barcelona are probably the favourites now. Yeah, I mean, f- for me, just thinking about uh, finances here, I think Barcelona would probably have to shift quite a few players to, to get him in after the the Dembele and the Coutinho moves. Because yeah. I was actually looking at some of the some of the add-ons for the Coutinho move and probably about 35 of the 40 million euros are pretty much guaranteed. One of them is like 25 appearances. One of them is is getting into the Champions League for two seasons. So that's pretty much out of the budget. So um, for me in, in Spain, it's probably an interesting if... if Real Madrid did actually stump up the 100 million euros. It would be crazy for him to go. It would be almost like a Luis Figo uh, going over from Barcelona to Real Madrid. But you never know. I mean, Barcelona have got Benzema, Bale and um, Ronaldo up top now who are all pretty much getting on a bit. Benzema looks like he's he's a shadow of the player that he was, especially last season. Ronaldo is not doing especially well this season. Bale is obviously injury ridden and there's always those links for him to go, you know, back into the Premier League or abroad. And then uh, obviously in, in the Premier League, there's that big Manchester United link that, that probably won't go away until he actually moves. Um, but f- for me as well in, in England, like there's no reason why potentially Manchester City shouldn't be involved as well. Because if, um, I mean, if Aguero does go or, or does leave at some point, then you, you're potentially looking at not a ready-made replacement, but a player that can be probably a bit more versatile, but kick on and actually score a lot of goals if he's on form. Yeah, I mean, he could do. No, there's no doubt about that. Um, it depends how many players Manchester City want. I think the, <laughs> the Coutinho point is a very good one. Um, so, you know, we're thinking Barcelona, they've got to watch what they're, they're, they're spending, but they do have it there to spend. Um, it's a shame, really, because they've, it's like I saw a great comment about Barcelona, how they... They've been fighting so long against the Galactica beast that they've almost become it themselves. And there's mm. an element of that um, rather than looking at what they've got coming through. Uh, Real Madrid do need um, to rejuvenate. I, I'd agree with that. Um, Ronaldo's getting on. Bale, of course, as you said, is injury ridden. And, and, and Benzema is sort of Ronaldo's full guy. I think without, without uh, Benzema, Ronaldo doesn't score anywhere near as many goals as he does. He's vital to how Real Madrid play. Mm. Um, so, I mean, in terms of options, I mean, Real Madrid will certainly be back in the market soon. I can definitely see that happening. Uh, will Griezmann want to do that? I think he's been exceptionally loyal to Atletico. Um, he really does love the club. Uh, it, I guess the, the staying from this summer will have helped matters if he were to make such a, a treacherous switch. But I'd, I'd be surprised if he does. Um, but yeah. I, it would, it would be I think certainly controversial, wouldn't it? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt it would be. Definitely Figo-esque. Definitely pigs on the pitch level. <laughs> That's exactly what I imagined when <laughs> I was saying it, actually. But we'll move on to the last question after looking at Fakir and, and Griezmann really briefly. Um, 
so this is the last question. So thanks very much for sticking with us if you have all the way through. And this is, uh, what do you make of Mariano Diaz so far in the League One? Explosive start in terms of goals, but apparently the Leon coach has had concerns over his team ethic. So what's going on there? He has scored a lot of goals along with uh, Nabil Fakir and, and Memphis Depay as well. But uh, Mariano Diaz is, is one that, that left Real Madrid recently and doesn't have a buyback clause, if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well... I'm- Bruno Genesio, the the Leon manager, is uh, what he's saying and what he's doing at the moment this season just seems to be turning to gold. And I would actually, I completely agree with what he said uh, in terms of his work ethic. I think that's definitely the main flaw in in, in Diaz's game. Um, I think Mariano Diaz is such a strange player because he has scored so many goals, yet it just doesn't seem like he should be scoring so many goals. But that's how I've seen him. And that's whenever I've watched him, it's been a case of, I want to say, you know, you need to add this to your game and that, but you're scoring goals and I can't really criticise you. So it's, yeah, but he has scored 14 times this season. Um, he's been part of a, a front four who have been so effective. Uh, Genesio has really got the best out of all of them. Given the captaincy to Fakir was a was a masterstroke. Depay started really poorly. Uh, Genesio took him aside, dropped him. I think it was against uh, ahead of the game against mm. Dijon, if I remember rightly. I can't I can't remember exactly, but dropped him. Um, the uh, the Pies come back, look, completely different player. Uh, he's now showing some of the form that, that, that and the talent that we all thought he he could have. Um, Bertrand Traore, the former Ajax player, has, has done really really well too. Uh, and Diaz, of course, is, is scoring goals. So, what I would say about uh, Diaz is he's an excellent goal scorer. Uh, he's uh, he's excellent movement. He's quick. Uh, he's good in the air as well. Surprisingly good in the air. He's got a great leap on him. Um, but the, those concerns about his team ethic are definitely not without foundation. I think um, he is very selfish. And I think it, there's one game in particular, and I think it was when Leon beat Trois 5 0 in September. Uh, I think it was that game. And uh, it was the start of their really excellent run after they beat Monaco and, and Everton. And it was a comfortable win. Um, but he left uh, Depay and, and, and Maulida, another young Leon player another one in the pipeline, absolutely fuming <laughs> with his uh, inability to pass to them in key areas due to his determination to score. Destroy element to him, you know, this, mm. I will score goals at all costs, uh, forget the team, I need to score my goals sort of mentality, which is good, it's a strength in one sense, it means he's determined, he's committed, um, he works very, very hard, but uh, there's also that does have real weakness, uh, real uh, negative side to it in terms of team cohesion. So as a player, as a whole, in my summary of Diaz, I'd say um, I'm not fully convinced yet. Good. I for goal. Um, but I'd love to see how he, if he can maintain it in Europe. I want to see more of that in Europe. And, um, and yeah, every now and again, he has the R.I. touch. Um, but, I mean, if you, if you keep scoring, you can't complain. And I think it's, it's you know, I'm not surprised Madrid didn't have a bike course. He did score a lot of goals for, I think it was Castilla, I think. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, um, so he has the pedigree. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, I, well, it's the same thing. I come back to it, like scoring goals, I can't complain, really. And it's not like the Leon front four are not sharing them out either. So um, you, I think add, if he takes that, you know, works harder as a team, and um, which I'm sure he will, and Genesio will, will, will certainly work on that, so... No, I, th- I think he's he's definitely a good player and can only improve. 
yeah that that front four looks really really good this um this this season really doesn't it they they all seem like they can chip in with goals i mean memphis Depay scored a scored a hat trick shortly after he, he was dropped i think he, he came on as a sub scored and then the next game he scored a hat trick didn't he or something or other like that and then bertrand troy looks good we've already talked about fakir's eye for goals he's he's on penalties as well i believe um all doing really well and actually all reflected on um we haven't really brought it back on onto the index that much but um because we've had so many questions to get through, but a lot of these players that we've actually talked about have, have done quite well on on football index and in terms of price, especially um, mm-hmm. Nabil Fakir, Memphis Depay. They've both won um, the the performance buzz dividends for for performing well. So, I mean, it's good that that kind of like um, I've been critical of the the scoring system, the performance buzz scoring system, but it's good to see that someone who's like kind of a someone who covers French football quite a lot is seeing these performances the same way the the index is to to be honest which which is good um but hopefully it will prove in, improve in the, in the future but yes sorry i haven't actually tried to link as many of them back as i could to the you know, to the football index but we've just had so many questions and and peter's been <laughs> so good at um and digesting the questions and actually giving us some really really good answers so peter i think uh that that's all really and i think uh, i'm gonna let you sign off before we we stay up all night really talking about french football oh, great thank you thanks for having me on it's been great i enjoyed chatting about it and um yeah i think the thing with league especially with the index is i think people like the idea of potential mm. yeah you do have potential and obviously it's about making profit at the end of the day and these players most of them are on the way up so um there is that element to Liga, which is uh makes it so appealing yeah well thank you very much peter for for coming on when i when i contacted uh get french football uh I, I thought i had no chance in getting one of their panelists on but uh here we are and uh thanks very much for listening everyone if you haven't followed get french football do so they are a, a very good french football media outlet if you haven't followed peter what's your where, where can people find you peter uh, my Twitter handle is at Peter Rutler, so all one, all one name. Oh, lucky! He's he's got his uh, he's he's got his own um, he's actually got his own Twitter handle. That's yeah. that's good, very nice. <laughs> but he, he, he lied he lied to me as well before before this show because he said he'd probably butcher a lot of French French pronunciations, which made me feel <laughs> a lot more comfortable. But as soon as he said League R, I was like, damn, this guy knows. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, thanks thanks very much for listening. Uh, if, if you haven't subscribed already, do so. Leave, an, leave a review as well if you really have like, enjoyed it. And uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel as well if you want some more Football Index-related content. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll catch all of you next time.